this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. I am rolling. Like Olympus. As am I. Excellent. I guess let's uh let's get into it so you guys can uh interview a goddamn legend like Miriam Diablo. Um hmm. It's an interesting afternoon for us. Yeah, right. From uh, from angels to an angel. In a place called the City of Angels, one of us is about to meet one of them. Have you ever been seen, Cassio? Have you ever been seen like you were a man? He's going. He's not going anywhere. That doctor in the operating room, she looked right at me. She didn't see you, Seth. She can't see you. No one can see you unless you want them to. And if I want her to, what do you want her to? Hello, Maggie. How did you know my name? Are you in despair? I lost a patient. It wasn't your fault, Maggie. Those eyes. The way you looked right, right down into me. I can't see you, but I know you're there. Who are you? Nathaniel Messenger. Former celestial body, recent addition to the human race. You want proof? You can speak every language. You travel with the speed of thought. And you're reading my mind right now. Stop that. You're doing it. Here you are again. This is Earl. He told me. <laughs> what else did he tell you? He worries that you never sleep and he loves to see you smile. <laughs> I wait all day just hoping for one more minute with you and I don't even know you. What do you want to know? Are you married? No. Are you homeless? No. Are, are you a drummer? Seth knows no fear, no pain. He hears music in the sunrise, but he'd give it all up. He loves you that much. What's that taste like? You don't know what a pear tastes like? I don't know what a pear tastes like to you. Oh, 
And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I Learned from Movies. And tonight. Oh, tonight. Oh, we are continuing Nick August Cage. Nick August Cage. With 1998's City of Angels. <laughs> and this is, of course, our legendary 350th episode. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Seems Holy like so God. many more. <laughs> Babe. That means we've been married for like six years. Yeah, coming up on this Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so, babe, we couldn't do this one alone. What? Yeah, but uh, it's our first time oh with my. Cam and Scott from the Spy Hearts podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, thanks for having us. Hello, and thank you for having us aboard. And congratulations on uh, the big 350. We're about to hit 100 ourselves. So, yeah, it's a time to celebrate. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, you, you guys are great. I've been listening to you guys just started well, like, yeah, I guess two years ago with uh, mm-hmm. this whole situation. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I got some uh, suggestions for uh, for episodes we're going to have to get in on because I noticed you didn't have a few very important spy movies quite yet. <laughs> oh, we, we're always taking tell. suggestions, but uh, yeah, we got a list of like 400, 500 films at this point. So we're just trying Ooh. to stagger the good ones out. And uh, fill it full of bad ones at the same time. Otherwise, otherwise, by the end, we're just talking about 1930s black and white films the whole time. Mm, indeed, mm, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I guess uh, before we get into City of Angels, babe, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm a little thirsty. I'm a little sober, so let's fix this. Excellent. Are you uh, gentlemen drinking anything on your end? Water. <laughs> oh, going hard. So hard. These professionals have an interview right after speaking with us, so uh, perfectly understandable. Well, on our end, uh, we have Keto from Ketos Brewing here in Salt Lake City, their Brewer's Select 4th Anniversary Ale, which Ooh. is 13% alcohol by volume. Wow. Oh, wow. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, no description really given a beer than anniversary ale, but... Uh, it is still technically the AM where we are. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> to be, to be fair, to be fair, it's the late afternoon here in Britain. So <gasps> you're absolutely fine by me. See, it's five o'clock somewhere, Steve. Yeah, there we go. Jimmy Buffett didn't lie. And uh, just to add to the, the, the who's drinking what, I mean, you may have noticed I'm British and I am actually drinking a cup of tea. What? <laughs> Typical. No. <laughs> Isn't it a spot of tea? It, is that a pun, Cam? No, no. A spot of tea. Isn't that like a term that's used? You're, you're clearly not British. <laughs> oh, well then. Fine. Uh, obviously, it's Earl Grey. Hot. Right? Yeah. Excellent. Everybody Excellent. on here just perpetuating stereotypes. <laughs> when he says tea, he means whiskey. <laughs> And uh, my top? Ah! His top! Nice. And because we're Americans, he opened that with a gun. Wow! <laughs> 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 and the poor? Oh wow. oh, wow. This is a jet black beverage. I don't think light passes through this. Uh, it has a dark, dark brown head foamy head that's dissipating quickly. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Holy cow. (laughs) I used this description literally last episode, but this smells like if you took a brownie and you just poured bourbon on top of it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, like two parts bourbon, one part brownie. This is fantastic. Holy cow. This is that imper- their imperial ale times two. Mm-hmm. Here, top me off a little bit. God damn. Yeah. All right, so if we start slurring later on, you'll know why. Aren't we supposed to go to hmm. lunch after this? Yeah. <laughs> Probably should have ate something before. But, uh, yeah, that's good. That's a Ketos Brewer Select 4th Anniversary Ale. Woo! Highly recommend. If if anybody, if you guys see Ketos with two I's, K-I-I-T-O-S, pick it up. We have yet to have a beer we don't like from them. Indeed. Even styles we don't usually drink, we enjoy from them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, on that note, 1998, City of Angels. Uh, gentlemen, was this your first time watching this movie? It was for me, uh, and I'm like a big Nick Cage fan, and this was one that just passed by me in the late 90s. I guess when I was uh, 17 or 18, I did not feel compelled <laughs> to run out to the theater to see it, and I just never caught up with it. Exact same story for me. I have not seen this. I knew the soundtrack because, you know, VH1 was a thing, but... Yeah, I, I had never seen it. Uh, how about you, Scott? I uh, I don't consider myself much of a uh, cage hard, if you'll pardon the spy hard pun. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I've seen some of his films. I know Cam is much uh, much bigger fan. Obviously, he's got a massive picture of him in his living room. Uh, mm-hmm. He lights a candle in front of the cage mural every day. Also true. Yeah, I, 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 I had not seen this one, although I think I had seen bits of it. And of course, you couldn't miss the soundtrack to this film. In the late '90s, it was you know cuckoo dolls, basically everywhere. That's still played on the radio now. Oh yeah, That's, yeah. And actually, Scott's not really uh, over exaggerating. I actually have a separate uh, DVD or Blu-ray shelf of just entirely the Nick Cage library. So I actually own this movie, and I just never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, then uh, during the holiday season, we will have to send you one of our patented everything I learned from movies Saint Nicholas uh, tree topper kits. Oh, uh, you do know the so. pa- the paper plate angels people put on top of their trees, like when kids make them. Mm-hmm. We we send everything to make one of those, but it also includes multiple Nicolas Cage faces you can glue on. The more Nicolas Cage <laughs> faces you put on there, the more biblically accurate it becomes. Wow, that sounds like magic. <laughs> uh, Scott, we'll send you one too and uh, try to try to convert you. Yeah, so I am also uh, hard for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I had not seen this movie, and I'm going to tell you, I didn't see this movie because of the soundtrack. I have a real um negative vibes towards the whiny 90s rock and whiny rock in general oh, and that's well, this yeah. entire thing like oh sarah mclaughlin's gonna sing about the arms of the angels i'm going out bye i have dracula 2000 because <laughs> i'm trash <laughs> Which the Atlantis st- song is pretty awesome, though. I'll give I'll give that one points. That's the only one I'll give points. Yeah, the the bonus track on uh, Jagged Little Pill. They had a few years later. I'm not yeah. going to stand for this Goo Goo Doll slander. By the way, that that song rocks, and I love it. So no, no, it does not. <laughs> it makes him feel alive. You know, it, it, Izzy gets violently angry whenever I sing that song to her. Please don't. And I die Just a little inside don't. because I know everything. All the words. And... I have a question. How many Radiohead concerts have you guys all been to? <laughs> Negative two. Scott? Uh, two. I'm at zero. Yes. All right. This makes sense. 
I feel like I'm being judged and I don't like it. Look, look, we're not here to judge. We're going to do it anyway, but that's not why we're here. I, I don't want the world to see me and I don't think that they'll understand. Oh, God damn it. Oh, God damn it. Oh, see, let's get the soundtrack stuff out of the way. Yeah, we got the, the SPCA commercial thing from Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of an angel. And, oh, man, when it comes to the movie. Got... That's my country songbird right there. Probably my favorite one on the track though is the uh, the Paula Cole song, the the feel in love that I, I think was written by Prince or something. Like oh, it's yeah. a it's a pretty saucy little one. Yeah, got Morissette, you got Jimi Hendrix, of course, Eric Clapton, Sinatra, U two, like all the big hitters back in the late nineties. Uh, but from director Brad Silberling, <clears throat> is he? Oh, who's he, Steve? Oh, Sorry, I tuned out after the uh, <laughs> after the album. <laughs> I found pictures of fat naked cats online. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, director Brad Silberling, uh, he did three episodes of Doogie Howser, three of Brooklyn Bridge, Casper, everybody's favorite, uh, three episodes of New- uh, NYPD Blue, this, Moonlight Mile, series of unfortunate events, uh, the one yeah i think that's the one we watched on the podcast yeah uh 10 items or less land of the lost with will ferrell oh that was trash uh ordinary man with ben kingsley and now he's a producer for shows like rain jane the virgin and the charmed and dynasty reboots so only gold only gold apparently yeah Yeah. i the one thing i I will give a series of unfortunate events is sort of an unfortunate movie but everybody should watch it because it is jim carrey going full-blown jim carrey the whole movie there's a bunch of scenes where you just have to like stop it and rewind it and be like he's doing what now (laughs) (laughs) well i'm just like looking at your logo here on my zoom screen and i recall there was a moment in that where jim carrey like impersonated a dinosaur and it was hilarious (laughs) i'm a (laughs) t-rex yeah And the screenplay for this movie uh, comes from Dana Stevens. This will make a lot of sense. Is he um, Steve? Uh, I actually don't know if it's a he or a she. I'm going to guess a it's she. a she. It's a she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to guess she. Cause oh, she... just like between my friend Dana and Dana Gould, I assume Dana's yeah. are boys. Yeah, yeah. I had to think about it. But <laughs> all right, well, here's other movies she made. Uh, Blink, this, For Love of the Game, Life or Something Like It. Babe, have you seen what? that movie? <laughs> yeah, you and I watched it one time when I was sick. I don't remember oh, why. I don't know. Because it was released on my 21st birthday. And it has right. Angelina Jolie in a blonde wig. Don't worry I about it. I think I remember falling asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she also created What About Brian, Safe Haven, Reckless, uh, Fatherhood in 2021. And, uh, babe. She's in post-production for The Woman King. Yes, the Viola Davis. uh, Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll watch Viola Davis do, like, anything. I was really pumped about that movie until I was like, oh, from the writer of this and Life or something like it. Okay. I actually watched I watched For Love of the Game fairly recently. I wanted to catch catch up on just the blanks in the Sam Raimi filmography. And boy, is that a rough one to sit through. So uh, Sam Raimi did that one? Yeah. He did, yeah. It was when, like, he kind of wanted to break outside the box of being kind of the genre guy. So he did, like, A Simple Plan, which was terrific. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he did um, The Gift, and then he did For Love of the Game. And For Love of the Game is kind of a romantic comedy drama kind of film set in the world of baseball. And, like, there's some solid direction with the baseball stuff, but otherwise, it's a nightmare. Ooh. 
Nice. And of course, the cast for this movie. Sir Nicholas Cage as Seth. Which, if you ask me if Seth was an angel or a demon, I don't know. Seth feels like a demon name to me. Right. Uh, Meg Ryan as Dr. Maggie Rice. Uh, we got Andre Brower as Castiel. We've been watching Supernatural, so I was like, wait a minute, what? The Angel of Tuesday? Uh, we got Dennis Franz as Nathaniel Messenger. We have Nick Offerman as a construction worker for like three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> And uh, maybe even less, apparently Elizabeth Shue is in this movie as Pregnant Woman. I didn't see her, though. And she walked I, by I, in I would have been scene. looking for her. Huh. Yeah, we, just so you gentlemen know, uh, Steve would leave me high and dry for either Nicolas Cage or Elizabeth Shue. I would not stand a chance. Happy anniversary, babe. Happy anniversary, honey. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, I would leave Cam for Dabney Coleman. There you go. I would mm. leave Steve for her. <laughs> Sorry, as someone who just watched Amos and Andrew. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Rommel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve, who would I leave you for? Uh, gosh, who would you leave Den- me for? Dennis Friends? Literally anybody? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nick Cage, probably. Steve, come on. Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, Jason Statham. <laughs> I mean, I'd leave me for Statham, probably. <laughs> Steve would leave me for Jason Statham. You, you have to ask yourself who booked the British guy on this podcast. I'm just going <laughs> to. I mean, the answer is Steve. I do no booking, <laughs> I barely can book myself. Like, Steve will be like, we're podcasting. It's like, am I available that day? <laughs> yes, yes, you are. <laughs> All right, so the movie. Oh my gosh, uh, we start off. Uh, okay, we start off with a girl apparently running like a hundred and five degree fever, and uh, Nicholas Cage just chilling by her side as her mom's like freaking out and calling up people. And uh, her mom, you hear her mom's thoughts, but you don't realize that until like ten minutes into the scene. Yeah, and uh, the little girl's like thrown into I assume like an ice bath or something, and then uh, instantly dead. And I'm like. Uh, uh, already off to a great start, guys. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. <laughs> In the arms of the angels. <laughs> yeah, the little girl like dies on like the operating tables or like trying to revive her, and of course Nick Cage is right there too. And she had a fever. What were they operating on? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> that, this is my question. Like, maybe she died because of unnecessary surgery. <laughs> huh. Um, American healthcare that... system, baby. <laughs> Maybe there was like some sort of like organ malfunction or something, and that's causing the fever. I, I really didn't think about that. That's an excellent point, though. Yeah. Um, you got to say though, like when you open with like the death of a child in a movie, you are setting your tone. Yeah. And this right. movie lives up to that tone. Like it has a real melancholy vibe for two hours, yep. and uh, right from the get go, they are not playing around. They're like, this is the type of movie we're making. Strap yourself in. Yeah, Hashtag child They're murder. starting you off so like low like with your emotions up. Then it's like, oh, don't worry. We're going to make it a, a romantic movie somehow by people just kind of staring blankly at each other. It's a romantic <laughs> comedy. Steve does have a problem with movies that where the entire romance scene is just two people staring at each other. <laughs> I mean, 
I was taking notes throughout in terms of the my dating life. I was like, oh my god, there's so much gold here. I didn't realize all these things would work if I just like stand and stare at people wearing a trench coat. Like, yeah. that's gold. God so damn, I, if I've this seen movie you. Was made later, it would have uh, what's her name from Twilight just staring. Uh, Kristen mm. Stewart. Yeah. I, Cam, I, Cam, there's no point lying to the people. I've seen you try and pull on our many holidays together and uh mm. you do a lot of standing and staring and uh they all do a lot of walking away <laughs> or, or backing up slowly to the point i thought she was gonna fall off the edge of the library <laughs> right yeah. Sorry, a lot of fucking couple we'll that. get to it but a lot of couples at the library just hugging and looking at computers <laughs> <laughs> what are these things and, you know it's 1998 like. <laughs> we've never done that even when I'm like no. physically working on something for you and you're standing over my shoulder, we've never just like held hands while typing. <laughs> Rubbing your shoulders and kissing the nape of your neck. It's a borderland. <laughs> it's a border town. There we yeah. go. <laughs> and though, the angels seem highly, highly focused in the library. Like, Oh, yeah. Like how many it's people like you are dying them- in the library? <laughs> Yeah, it's like you'll see like two of them hanging out, looking over the city, or you know, it's like they're either on the beach or they're in the library. Yeah, I mean, why do you think that uh, they're trying to get rid of a, rid of libraries in America? Get rid of that angel problem, I guess. But yeah, so I, I wonder if there was like maybe a cut line or something about like the grounds of where the library was built is like has some sort of holy significance or some sort of religious significance <gasps> Our or something. Ha- hallowed ground. Wait, are you, maybe the the answer for this is I thought pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because everyone reads in the library and learns things, so they learn books through hearing people read them. They can't touch the books, so they go oh. to the library to learn by osmosis. Okay, that makes fair sense. enough. Look at Scott breaking down shit. Yeah. Oh. It's like angel internet. Yeah. So <laughs> I I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine. There's um a deity in indian lore and i forget it's their name but uh basically they're a demon who like uh if you fall asleep with your book open they'll pull that knowledge like out of your head and so we were like teasing like these demons in like modern day they just be like oh jesus christ i've already read all of twilight at this point Hmm. (laughs) 50 shades of gray right (laughs) so many other books out there guys buy one yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So the little girl dies and asks Nick Cage, "Are you God?" And of course, he responds, "No." Nah. <sighs> Takes his hand. They walk off. Roll credits, guys. What do we think of City of Angels? Gold, <laughs> right? No. It's... Yeah. So... They really they do the makeup in that to really like play up his eyes. Oh yeah. To yeah. the point that like it's super creepy. <laughs> like glossy doll's eyes, right? Like doll's eyes. Yeah. Well, um, uh, Nick Cage learnt to, I'd say, not learnt to not blink, but he they made a decision for him not to blink throughout the film. And so he right. learnt how to hold himself for about like five or six minutes without blinking by the end of it. So it was definitely a hmm. choice. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting performance where it's in many ways off-putting. Like, it, there's definitely moments in this that haven't really... They don't play very well. Uh, you know, it feels kind of creepy and whatever. But at the same <laughs> yeah. time, I kind of... I kind of like that he's giving a very alien performance. Oh, yeah. Like, it is not, you know, he's definitely not like a human character, and that comes across every moment of the performance. So, there's like issues in terms of like cr- trying to create like a romantic drama out of that, like connecting with another, you know, actor and creating chemistry. But in terms of like giving this kind of 
I don't know, this kind of supernatural performance. I thought it was at least interesting. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He definitely seems unhuman in this. Like yeah, It's definitely where, especially when, you know, the real Nick Cage shows up with about 20 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> when, he, when he becomes human, but... Fuck yeah. <laughs> So are we just watched a bearable weight of massive talent again. Mm. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um... So yeah, yeah, basically after we get the title card or whatever, yeah, we see that angels are basically everywhere. Like, they're up on the Hollywood side, on top of all the skyscrapers, watching you masturbate in all the libraries, <laughs> I'm assuming in bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Like, they're everywhere. Steve, that's why the cats follow us into the bathroom, to protect us from both toilet demons and angels. Yeah, well, there you go. There is an epic battle happening in our downstairs bathroom. <laughs> Where they're hearing my thoughts when I'm on the crapper and just yeah. like, that's weird, Steve. You and the only be thing that can that. protect you is our little kitties. Mm. <laughs> Cameron and oh. Poe. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Cameron and Poe. Is that really their names? Yep. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Twirty that's twins. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so when I met Steve, I had a cat uh, that I, for like four years, tried to deny I didn't name after Nicolas Cage, but his name was Caster Troy. Because he was a total supervillain. And uh, he passed away. And then I still had my super old cat, Mr. Pickles, who Steve dubbed uh, Pickles Cage. Huh. Uh, he's 21 this year. And then uh, Pickles was very lonely after Castor passed away. So we got our Torty twins, who we named Cameron and Poe. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a, I mean, that's an awesome name. I mean, Con Air, I'm a big fan. Right, it was either, it was, because they're both girls, uh, it was between Cameron and Poe or Sailor and Ripley. Right, yes. I mean, hmm. Maybe get two more. You gotta do that one as well at some point. Right? Or Memphis and Reigns. Oh, or yeah. Memphis and Reigns. <laughs> we also realized you can name any anyone and any pet Joe and you've named them after like half of Nicolas Cage's characters. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's what happens. Rare. Oh yeah, so then we're introduced to uh, Meg Ryan. She's uh, on a bike, and I'm all of a sudden like, "Oh, that's gonna well, play this later, is how isn't she it? Dies. This, is, <laughs> this, this is gonna play later. I already know because she's weaving through traffic on a bike. Uh, I've seen too many '90s movies, uh, but she's a heart surgeon, and uh, she like goes to see her patient. And okay, the doctors in this scene where they're like holding the mask over their face instead of just you know tying it like a goddamn human uh was anybody else put off by that uh based on the past couple years or just in general (laughs) it didn't it didn't jump out to me in that kind of way but i completely understand why it would for many many others yeah it it was just weird because like everybody else had theirs like tied up or whatever and she's like Oh, I'm just going to hold it here. And I was waiting for her to like, do the surgery with like one hand with a knife and the other one just holding it up there. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, come on. Yeah, and the then strings? her boyfriend does the same thing later. Yeah. yeah. I guess su- surgeons don't do it because they can't breathe. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so they uh, throw on some Hendrix, you know, soundtrack so, the, so it can play while they're doing surgery on this guy. And uh, it was a nice little scene where like the guy's like, oh, I think I lost a sponge. All right, right. Look around. Make sure we didn't leave it inside there. Like, oh no, oh, I don't like this at uh, all. <laughs> uh, this was this was my joke after my surgery. As long as I didn't leave any sponges in me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but better a sponge than a junior mint. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I sold minty zest at least when I fart. That'd be great. But uh, 
Yeah, so uh, so Meg Ryan leaves, and uh, Nick Cage is there, and I'm like, ruh row. Um, and she like just goes into the other room or something. To, yeah, she she's know, like, a, you guys close them up. I did an amazing job. I'm the best. Goodbye. So all the nurses are like closing, like closing the guy up, and like, man, she got cocky real quick. Well, she is one of the best. Yeah, well, still her ego. And then he starts crashing. Beep, 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 beep. And she goes back in. And there's definitely a scene where she's like looking at Nick Cage. Like, I, I, I think she was like looking at the the device or whatever behind him. But it was like definitely looking at him, like through him or something. And Nick Cage is standing there like, you know, mouth agape. Just like, oh, will she see me? Oh, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> uh oh yeah, she has to go, uh. Explaining to the family. Oh my god, the whole family's there and she's like, So he didn't make it. Oh she's um, like, So I have news on your on your husband. Oh yeah, how's he doing? He's kind of a pain in the ass. So he's dead. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? I gotta go now, bye. I was waiting for that. Be careful what you wish for, kids. <laughs> oh boy. No, but uh <laughs> Cue one of those commercials where the family's trying to kill the guy for his life insurance. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh god, you guys you guys have those in Canada and England? Like the insurance company where it's like, uh, life insurance is so good, they'll want you dead. Um, I, I don't really know, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't uh, think so. I think that this feels like a very so. American thing. Cam is, well, a, Cam is a very risk-taking person. He has no insurances. He, uh, he just, he's raw docking it to the end. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this, though, like when I'm watching that scene of her talk to the family and then, you know, everything that's gone before this, everything that's going to come after, I kind of was impressed that in the year 1998, like this movie was like kind of a modest hit. Yeah, yeah. It actually did reasonably well. It did like 200 million worldwide or something. Can you imagine an audience, a mass audience turning out for a movie like this now? Yeah, uh, we're what, 10, maybe 15 minutes into the movie and it's like. All right, girl's dead, and Nicolas Cage walked her off into forever. Uh, now this guy's dead, and she's crying in a stairwell while Nicolas Cage is like, I don't know, staring down her top or something. I'm like, what? What is this movie? <laughs> this, is, this is just mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> it hasn't had the uh, joke every five seconds that the Marvel films require, so most people wouldn't go and see it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to feel things. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I I haven't seen the movie. This, this one was uh, kind of loosely remaking Wings of Desire. It's on my list of things to watch, but uh, that movie's I think much more of an exploration of like the spiritual, and this went more for your kind of mainstream romantic drama. I've heard they're quite different, but um, that's kind of one of the things that gets held against this one is that it doesn't live up to the original. Yeah, so. isn't the original one like a German movie or something like that? Yeah, from Wim Wenders. Yeah. Nice. It's that typical sort of Hollywoodification of a film. The, the we'll take this really cool idea and just make it, you know, a love story, or put explosions in it. That'll do. <laughs> but when do they bang? Is the question the producer asked. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More on that later. So, yeah, then uh, we see Nick Cage. He has a chat with Castiel. Um, in the Angel uh, of Tuesday. Yeah, just some like bodega or like a little convenience store or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Have you ever been seen?" He can only see us if we want him to, or whatever. And then, yeah, some guy like sticks up the star, like, "All right, everybody on the ground, I'm robbing this place." Blah blah blah. And they're like listening to everybody's thoughts as they're like lying on the ground. The one lady's like, "I should have gone to Ralph's," you know, to, like, "Oh, what this? 
Just another Tuesday. Ugh. I hate, I hate this place. I don't know. And Castiel's like, I take that too. I take that personally. Because this is my day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Meg, uh, Meg Ryan's not doing so good the next day. Like, she's tore up because, oh my god, I killed somebody and blah blah blah. And, like, they rescheduled her without letting her know. Which is like, I, I don't know if that happens with surgeons. Because you kind of have to pay them whether they show up or not. So I feel like they've been like, hey, take the next couple days off or whatever. But, you know, whatever. Hollywood. That's right. That's right. Meg Ryan's like talking to uh, Richard Jenkins, by the way, who's in this movie as yeah. her, I guess, on again, off again boyfriend. I don't know. I got more like but... he was like friends with benefits. Yeah. 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 That, was, that, was, that was actually Colm Fior. That's the actor's name. Oh, it's not Richard. Oh, okay. No, no, yeah, he's Comfior is actually a Canadian actor. He played uh, maybe the one that people might remember best was he was like the uh, frost giant king or whatever in the first Thor. Oh, okay. Okay, dokie. I was wondering why he was wearing a hairpiece, but no. <laughs> <laughs> he's also in the Umbrella Academy as the like the the, the dad, I suppose, of the Umbrella Academy. For those who watch that show. Yeah, say, is that worth watching? Eh. <laughs> I'd say Bring watch the boys. Put it on the poster. <laughs> I'd say watch the boys, and then if you want more, maybe go to the Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah, yeah, we love the boys, so, yeah, okay. All right. Let's check that out, then. Uh, but, yeah, what, what's, uh, his name's Jordan or something like that, but, uh, but he, he's like, hey, so should I, like, come over tonight and, you know, help you feel better kind of thing? And, and even Nick Cage is, like, surprised by this. Like, wait, you guys are hooking up? What the hell? <laughs> Aren't you her dad? Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. But uh... he has the unlucky Bill Pullman slash Greg Kinnear role of, like, the nice guy who's just not good enough in comparison to the lead. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a nice guy, but he's also just kind of, like like, very pragmatic i guess is very blah yeah 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 he's like well what what what, what do i have to do to make this better blah, blah. like oh why don't you just know like i I'm not gonna lie saw a little of myself in him <laughs> at some point where it's just like look i don't do this feelings thing so just let me know what i need to like physically do <laughs> right babe yeah happy anniversary happy anniversary <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, then we get the the first scene at the library where uh, he's hanging out with like Castiel and I don't know a hundred other angels just kind of standing around their black trench coats like it's the Matrix or something, and uh, hearing all the thoughts of people. Here's like an old guy reading a, a movable feast by Hemingway, and then we cut to uh, Dennis Franz uh, prepping for surgery by eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good stuff. Support Ben and Jerry's, guys. Not only is it amazing ice cream, but very, really good company. <laughs> there you go. Like, they, they do good things. They they support, like, good causes and actually, like, donate both, like, time and energy and money to things. Like, yeah. Support Ben and Jerry's. Get that $7 bucket of ice cream. That's right. You've earned it. Yeah. Uh, Get some caramel sutra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we get a scene where it's like, mm-hmm. I, I know they got the kid, uh, she, I don't know, she has the day off or whatever, Meg Ryan, so she like goes to the pediatric ward and there's like the kids' handprints on the walls. And she puts her hand on there and Nicolas Cage puts his hand on the other side and I'm just like, uh, I don't like this movie, stop it. <laughs> Your romance, get out of here. 
<laughs> Not yet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she was hanging out there in pediatrics, and uh, they talk about a prom night dumpster baby that they found, and she's like having a rough time and not sleeping and stuff. I'm like, oh, dumpster baby now. What? What Nobody is going on with this it. big budget movie? You were singing a song about dumpster babies when this baby came on. Because <laughs> I watch Family Guy. <laughs> Brom night dumpster baby. Ain't got no mom or dad. <laughs> Brom night dumpster baby. My story isn't long, but it sure is sad. No, no other fans? All right, I'm done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, basically Kate just stares at her creepily for like five minutes. And then we cut to the night um, when she's like doing research or something in the lab and uh, poof, Nicolas Cage shows up and she's like, oh, hey, what are, uh, what are you doing here? Are you a, you a visitor or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then like this person she's met for like 10 seconds, she was like, yeah, I had a rough day. Uh, I was holding his heart in, in my hand when he died. And I'm like, that's like fucking metal that's awesome right (laughs) which i was then i was thinking like wait doesn't jamie lee curtis play an emt in some movie where she met somebody because she like resuscitated their heart i just remember them having like a dinner conversation jamie lee curtis i think it was jamie lee curtis halloween five and then i like i googled it i think it might be um forever young Oh. oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Forever Young because uh, nothing was ringing a bell, but that one seems like an entire possibility. Yeah, I thought this like scene though, where we have Nick Cage and Meg Ryan, was interesting in that like it is unintentionally hilarious. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like at the same time, I kind of admired that the movie was going so weird because that's <laughs> not the way you would normally stage a scene like that. Like, there's nothing about this that doesn't scream stalker. Or like this man is a psychopath, like run for your life. But he and could obviously also trying to... be like autistic. Something, yeah. Like <laughs> I, I mean, it's like they want you to get across that there's like this instant kind of spiritual romantic connection that she just can is entirely overpowered by, and it's like I can buy from her performance that she's feeling it, but I don't know that it's a, you know being communicated to the audience very well. Well, and and on that note. Like in the next scene, she's like singing, I, I'm stuck on Band-Aid brand because Band-Aid's stuck on me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, so she's in a good mood. Cool. Yeah, she's you got know, a jingle blah, blah, blah. stuck in her head. And then the next scene is basically her masturbating in a bathtub listening to Paula Cole. And yeah. I'm like, wait. Oh, and at that much of an impression? Like, oh, man, I wish Seth was here. Oh. <laughs> well, Seth was there. Oh, Seth was there. He was there. watching. <laughs> He was like looking away very <laughs> he just had this look on his face of like oh god. Well, he, <laughs> like look, he's it, never it was been bizarre. masturbated to <laughs> that he knows of. But he's been around thousands and thousands of years, never? But he never no. showed himself to anybody. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, not even that one time though. No. Yeah, so she like wakes up. Okay, this this was a weird scene to me cuz she like woke up at like 3 a.m. or something like that. And the thing is, she's like rolling over and checking uh, the clock or whatever, but there was still a snoring noise going on. And I'm like, wait, is like, you know, Jordan there? No, no, she's the only one there. Mm-hmm. It's like, who the fuck is snoring? I assumed it was the dog. Oh, that's right. She, that's has right. she does have a dog. Okay, good. 
See, see, that's why we ask Scott on here. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I have a dog, and he snores, so I can attest to the snoring power of our canine friends. Mm. All right, all right. Yes, yeah, our cats don't really. Well, I mean, their snores are like. You forget Caster Troy. Oh shit! He used that's to right. snore the shit like he just. He snored like there was like another human in the house. <laughs> it's a bear. No, it's just a cat. Yeah. He also uh, he also used to judge if we were watching a show he didn't like, you know, like Ghost Adventures. <laughs> he literally would come in and go, <sighs> and then leave the room. It was great. I've never had a cat do anything like that before. <laughs> I make the same noise when my other half watches Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Oh, uh, good call. Good funny. call. Yeah, Oof. yeah. It's a good thing neither of us like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. She also sees the uh, the book, the Hemingway book, uh, there on the side of the bed, and is like, "Oh, so Nick Cage is just dropping things there?" And mm-hmm. yeah, okay, cool, cool. What's well, that? That bend over that, and pick it up. I had a problem with that because I didn't understand the rules. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he, he can't touch things. How did he transport this book? Uh, all right, I was I was more picturing just a book just like floating through Los Angeles to get over there or whatever. <laughs> like the librarians just there stamping books, and then this book sort of floats by and leaving. Like, wow, I've been stamping books too long, man. Oh, that's right. She goes later to check the library. Like, I can tell you who checked it out. Did he check out the book? No, he said I can't tell you who checked it out, but I can tell you when it was or- checked out. But then they never follow up on that. She just that's puts true. it back on the shelf. But 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 yeah, so. Was it checked out like the day before? Yeah, they didn't really they follow never up. Told so it's us. like, okay, maybe. As far as far like, I yeah. mean, he could have just been like, "This book's never been checked out. Why do you fucking have it?" <laughs> Nobody cares about Hemingway. <laughs> Would you like to see our Harry Potter section? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what happens here? Oh yeah, uh, and then she like goes to talk to Jordan or whatever. Like, hey, hey you left your book here, and he's like, Psh, "I don't read that shit." But he, <laughs> the location this is happening on is like a helipad. But there's a basketball hoop right on the helipad? That can't be a thing, right? Because I, I, I wouldn't think there'd be a giant, you know, 10, 12 foot pole with a, you know, backboard on it right where a helicopter is supposed to be landing in an emergency situation. But yeah, Which, that I don't seems, know. yeah, that seems like a stretch. It seems like a potential safety risk. Yeah. Um, I, the fact that like a hospital has a basketball court for the doctors to unwind doesn't sound crazy, but yeah, it was like on the hollow pad and it's like, yeah, that's, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> also roof also didn't look like there was a lot of fences and stuff around. So, you know, one, uh, one brick going far off to the right off the edge of the building. <laughs> right. Hey, that's how you drum just, a business, babe. Or just the ball. Like bouncing off the roof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's guys, the American healthcare system. You're trying to get more patients in to get more money. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Hashtag American healthcare. <laughs> oh my God! What happened to him? He got slam dunked. <laughs> Is that the start of a CSI episode? <laughs> Pretty much. Oh God! It should be. <laughs> why do you? Th- that's oh, the library's next door to the hospital. That's why there's so many angels. Ah, uh, that's it. <laughs> it comes through one of the the ball comes through one of the windows. <laughs> angels are busy. Do you think the angels are like congregated in other areas? Because they seem to be very heavy in you know L.A. But like, are there a whole bunch in like I don't know Wisconsin or something? There's a whole I, bunch of them in Orem, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
I'm assuming wherever there's people, there's angels walking around. Yeah, I I think that's the thing. Like, L.A. has some of, like, the densest, like, population mass and has for, like, 40 years. So there's, like, that many more, like, guardian angels there versus, like, you only need, like, one for Ogden, Utah. I think it probably (laughs) works, like, with Mormons when they get sent on their mission. So they, they, you know, they pass angel school and then, I guess, whoever is their leader says, right, you're off to Los Angeles and then the next guy, yep, and you're off to Papua New Guinea. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy Calcutta. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's the Antarctica. And have fun. <laughs> Bring a hope jacket. You know, hope you know Portuguese because you're going to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we go to the library. Uh, Meg Ryan's there, yeah, checking on the book or whatever. Uh, but then uh, Seth shows up again. Oh, hi. How's it going? And... Uh, <laughs> Starts, like, reciting Hemingway and, like, advancing on her, and she's, like, backing away slowly. And he's like, well, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a messenger of God. Uh, Run. okay. So <laughs> you're a messenger, all right. So she backs a little more, and then when he's got her pinned up against the <laughs> the banister, basically, he's like, hey, cl- close your eyes. And then, like, touches her hand, and she, he's like, do, do you feel that? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I'm like, I don't care. Let's let's move this movie along. It, it's trying to like convey a real like restrained, I guess, eroticism. I don't know how many people it works for, but I think that's what they're going for. It, uh, but it plays. It's like the type of movie like if you're like a little sleepy, you've worked, you know, for a you know had a full week of work, and you like try to settle down and watch this movie, you're gonna find like the pacing of it and moments like this just very like slow and tedious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually thinking back like I do know one girl that really liked this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, well, and it's, like, it's, it's not far off. Yeah. <laughs> it's not far off of really what Twilight's doing at all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just instead of a, an angel, it's a vampire or whatever. And, yeah. They even dress the same. Yeah, well, I mean, it's cool. It's a classic look for a reason, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> isn't that totally like 90s alternative? There's no way they were doing that before the 90s. Uh, well, black trench coats? Not like that. Yeah. Well, that's so like, uh, I mean, that's that whole era of the Matrix, Dark City, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, I know like early 90s, like they're, like like Stone Cold, uh, like, you know, there's a... Uh, dumb action movies where it's like oh yeah black trench coat you know you got a i guess uh lorenzo llamas and renegade or whatever really took it off the black duster (laughs) well if if the black jacket and like the black outfit is the look of the 90s if they made this film now what would the angels be wearing skinny jeans oh i think they'd still be wearing the same thing because i think (laughs) the matrix sort of locked it in for like if you're like a weird timeless ethereal being you wear a trench coat so Cam reckons that they're wearing like gym wear. Yeah, like oh, fat, yeah. yoga pants. <laughs> yoga, yeah, right. sweat, Everyone's wearing yoga pants. Sweatpants and joggers, and yeah, yeah, I can see it. Oh, yeah. they wear the like uh, the like men's leggings under the basketball shorts. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ugh, I don't like this. I, don't like I, don't know. I want him to look like uh, the main character in a Dust Devil. Like just oh yeah, duster, yeah. big yeah, just hat, duster, big hat, giant shotgun, or whatever. Yeah. 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 I want to see the the fifties version of this where they're all wearing zoot suits. Mm. Yeah, I would watch that if they're all dressed like Jim Carrey in the mask. Mm. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah! 
so yeah, they, they're like, well, uh, let, let's go somewhere, anywhere. So they go to a market and uh, uh, they, she like gives them a pair for the first time. Or, or no, she's like, I'm a pair like, no, describe it to me. Describe how it tastes. And I, describe it like Hemingway And of course, you know, uh, face off, I'm like, you know, she can eat a pear for hours, right? <laughs> no Nick Cage can, that's for sure. Uh, so then we go to the hospital, and she's like, inviting him like, into the lab, like, hey, let's have a look at your blood. And he's like, I, uh, I don't, uh, that, that, that's not going to work. Like, yeah, oh, she's cool, bringing him into like a restricted part of the hospital. Yep, that's true. This guy she just met. Yep, and he and he's sniffing her hair while she's like looking through a microscope. Yes, yeah. this all sounds normal to me. Continue. Yeah, and so then they start just having a discussion about like, oh yeah, so you, so you think like uh, uh, we're all just made of cells and stuff and nothing else. Well, then how do you explain the, uh, was it Enduring Myth of Heaven or whatever the fuck he says? And I'm like, oh, God, are we going to switch into a Christian movie now? <laughs> I mean, well, like, here's a question. Like, what do these two talk about? Nothing. Right? Like, like existence. Like, 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 they both got really fucking high and they're like, why do you cry? And I'm like, what is this fucking Terminator 2? Come on, man. Is it is it that like she's used to being so like her her on again off again boyfriend is like also a surgeon and obviously like very intelligent in that is she just so used to being around like elite highly educated people that just like this guy who's just like a high school dropout stoner who doesn't know what pears are is like I can fix him yeah oh god that's exactly what it is I get it's like a connection of the souls but like. That's only going to, like, I don't know. Like, you see a scene where she's with um, Colm Fiore's character, and they're, like, laughing and chasing each other around, and I'm like, you ain't getting that with that Nick Cage relationship. No. Right? Like, what does her dog think of Nick Cage? <laughs> Go with what your dog thinks. Mm, good call. That's right. Yeah, and, and, and again, thinking about the one girl I know that really likes this movie, I'm like, that explains a lot. Yeah. That explains a lot. How many homeless guys <laughs> did she take in because they needed a place to stay? Well, you know Kenzie. Oh my god, it's all of them. <laughs> I didn't realize you were talking Sh- about Kenzie. Shout out to Kenzie. <laughs> <laughs> She'll never listen to this. No, probably not. Um, so god, what happens right here? I was going to be a little surprised if it was Kalisha, who shout out might actually be Oh, listening. oh she, she loves this movie too. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that also like sort of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Meg Ryan gets paged or whatever, and she's like, I, I, I gotta go, stay here, in this lab, unsupervised, and I'm like, oh, god damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this potential, like, dr- homeless druggy guy. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, she goes to see Dennis Franz, and he, you know, can't breathe or whatever, because he's got the, the tube down through, I don't know what exactly, but uh, Nick Cage is there in the room, because, you know, he, like, touches him or something or whatever, you know, they, they end up saving him, like, oh yeah, you know, keep... Keep an eye on him. Check every 15 minutes. Okay, cool, cool. And then uh, Dennis Franz is like, I can't see you, but I know you're there. I'm not ready to die yet. And Cage is like, wait, what? <gasps> and then just like bails. <laughs> uh, Dennis Franz is really, really good in this movie. He really he is. Like, awesome in this. He's fantastic. And like, just his way of kind of conveying like, you know, this mortal form who understands the world of angels, who was one. I mean, 
when this movie started, I'm seeing him as just like the patient in the hospital. I'm like, oh, here we go with kind of yeah. a ham, hammy kind of Dennis Franz kind of performance as this difficult patient. And then when like the twist came with that character, I was like, I am so on board for this. And he is making this work every moment. He has a scene later on where it's like just him talking to Meg Ryan. And I'm like, this is magic. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the picnic scene or the barbecue scene? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're going to get to it. But yeah. Well, and then like we'll get to it. But we meet his wife, who is also like a stereotypical like New York Jewish descent difficult woman. And we're going to find out... Uh, he fell from heaven for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's everything he's ever wanted. All he ever needed is there. Okay. In her arms. Uh, see what Yeah, she goes home. Uh, Jordan's there at her place. And he's like, so uh, who was that, uh, that guy you were hanging out with? Or whatever, like getting all jealous about Nick Cage. Um, and then uh, Meg Ryan's like, let's, let's go camping and just just talk and i'm like yeah okay yeah just getting high for the first time and just talking about dumb shit like she was with nick cage okay and then but then the scene ends and they like just start laughing yeah chasing her around and then i assume nick cage is there while jordan starts railing her in the next room in a in a deleted scene (laughs) you just hear it in the arms of an angel (laughs) in the back yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. nick cage just crying in the corner (laughs) Maybe hand in his hand in his coat. What are tears? What? <laughs> no, angels don't have gender, Steve. So they don't have junk. They're junkless. What? Angels are genderless. That's that's a thing. God didn't come up with uh, genders till he figured out freed will. Apparently. Oh. I have like a weird obsession with biblically correct angels. For somebody who's not religious. I really just enjoy how many faces and oh, eyes they have. That's why they, they open up the trench coat and there's like seven more eyes and mm-hmm. a bunch of wings and yeah, stuff Yeah, there's under no there. dick. There's just more wings and eyes. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, the movie Dogma had a bit of fun with that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Cage and uh, Dennis Franz, they chat for a bit. Um, and, and to the point where like Dennis Franz goes to like a nearby deli in his uh, paper dress or whatever, and I'm like, what? What is this? They they definitely wouldn't wouldn't have let him sit down in those seats, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you recognize that diner? It was the was it the Seinfeld diner or something? No, it's Johnny's Coffee Shop in L.A. And it's been used in The Big Lebowski, Gone in 60 Seconds, Reservoir Dogs, really popular okay. shooting location. All right, yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds, as you mentioned, like, okay, yeah, I've, I've totally seen that one. I was, like, trying to think of the one, like, from Miracle Mile or something. Like, <laughs> what? Um, but, yeah, this is where, uh, basically, uh, Dennis Franz is like, yeah, I'm an angel, and I, uh, I uh, you know, took over this body. You know, to be human, you just gotta, just have to fall, and then you get free will, and, uh. God didn't give free will to just to the humans. It can be uh, for us too, but you can give up being an angel, but you get to taste things and touch things. And that woman over there, she's my everything. I fell from grace for her. Yep. And then they go and uh, smoke a cig on a skyscraper scaffolding or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know, uh, I got a job here with a construction company because I didn't have a fear of heights. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> Do you guys uh, still go to like watch the sunrise or whatever on the beach? <laughs> and then we cut to that scene and yeah. uh, can you like, can you hear it? No, I don't hear it. Apparently, oh. the sunrise sings to them. I I love like just the image though of all those dudes in trench coats standing and like 
just watching the sun come up. I thought that image was really effective. Oh, yeah, yeah that's that's the poster right there. <laughs> yeah, d- yeah. Definitely the music video. I think it's worth talking about, you know, I, much as there's problems, maybe a lot of red flags when it comes to Nicolas Cage's character that Meg Ryan's in particular not paying attention to. One thing this film does really well, and the beach scene is one of the two things that jump out to me, is just the cinematography. Um, now, it's yeah. by um, John Seal, who did uh, quite a few films, including the most recent Mad Max film. You know, the, the guy's a hell of a cinematographer, and I, I just think there's oh, some really, really like... There's some really good images here. There's that one perfect shot Twitter page that I think could take a lot from this film. Yeah. And it's like, I was saying it earlier, like, this movie, it has problems, but I kept admiring it going, like, we just don't make movies like this anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just it's weird. very much, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. speaking to a very specific adult audience. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like, uh, more often than not, adults mostly only go to movies aimed at teenagers. And There's not enough quadrants know, like, in this film, Cam. Not enough quadrants. We need more. Four exactly. or five quadrants. So it's like, <laughs> yes, this movie has problems. I can't say this is like a masterpiece that everyone must watch. But I'm like, I kind of miss when movies like this at least existed in the marketplace. I yeah. think it's uh, yeah. so like with there's been like the death of like the mid-budget movie. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. low-budget movies, which can do weird, cool stuff. I mean, Velocipaster is an excellent example of like almost no budget and just doing weird, crazy shit with... But again, with no budget. Um, And then we have like billion dollar like, oh, who's the next Marvel character? But we don't just have the like, well, here's 200, you know, you know, 20 20 million, 20 million dollars. Go make something and we'll like, we'll release it, you know, four days after Captain Marvel comes out. Yeah, this one was a 55 million dollar budget. But yeah, like Cam was saying, made 200 worldwide. So... Yeah, so yeah. it's just like a, a mid-sized budget. You have recognizable like actors and actresses, but you get to do something weird because you're not spending a billion dollars. And it's very like earnest and takes itself very seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think if they were to make it now, they would feel this desperate need to keep undercutting kind of the uh, sincere the sincerity of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, oh yeah, so they're at the beach and Dennis Franz just strips down and goes skinny dipping in the water and Nick Cage, uh, I don't know, just kind of watches, like, I guess all the angels kind of watch him from the, the shore and just like, oh, cool. Um, then we cut to that, the following night, so I assume, like, nothing happens for the next 12 to 15 hours. <laughs> and, uh, Nick Cage is, like, talking to Cassiel about being human and like, oh yeah, he said all you gotta do is fall and blah, blah, blah. So are you gonna do it? Like, I'm not going to do it, but would you do it? Oh, maybe. And then it's the next day, and he goes to see Meg Ryan, uh, her dog, there in the park. And uh, that's where we get the typical, like, oh, dude, so do you, like, love your boyfriend? And I was waiting for him to be like, I don't remember mentioning to you I have a boyfriend, but um, that's weird. <laughs> my name my name is Seth Plate. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> He's, like, looking around the room. What's your last name? Uh, pl- Plate? Lamp? I don't know. <laughs> I love lamp. I love lamp. <laughs> it's like that kind of scene. Garburator. <laughs> well, what do you do for a living? What do you do for money? Are you are you homeless? Are, are, are you a drummer? And I'm like, whoa, come on. Right? <laughs> Just because well, his name is Seth. Come on. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, those are the two, the two like, are you homeless? Are you a drummer? Do go in that order. 
Well, I have a question for you guys. Maybe you can answer this. But, like, it seems to me, if I'm an angel and I'm going to take the fall, as Dennis Franz talked about and as Nick Cage is going to, wouldn't that be very difficult? Like, you would be, what, like, human? You have no ID. You have no job prospects. You have no nothing to your name. Like, I would honestly watch a whole other movie about the process of Dennis Franz falling and then creating this identity because... I, I was like trying to do the logical loopholes in my brain oh. of like how this would oh, even this, work. It was this... easier to do back in the fifties and sixties, but yeah, nowadays, yeah. yeah oh no, knows? like it, I bring this up at the end of this movie, which we will get to. But here's the thing: <laughs> I I guess this is the uh, God will provide. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Guess <laughs> when you fall, you random. It's like, oh man. Here's a birth certificate I just found. Thanks, God. He's got his uh, little Cassiel watching over him, and, you know, things kind of yeah. happen. Yeah. Here's, like, a kindly truck driver who will take you wherever you want to go. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. My my son just died, and I had to hide the body because reasons. Would you like to t- assume his identity? He was about your age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. So, in this scene, we get the whole, like, uh, Meg Ryan's like, why won't you touch me? And then they kiss, and then she just, like, backs away and, like, runs off to Dennis Francis' party. I'm like, all right, romantic. Uh, so then uh, Cage pops up at the party, too. Because I guess too. it's not like kissing a human. It would be, like, uh, just kissing... Kissing a bunch of eyes and wings? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering, because they didn't describe what she actually felt in that moment. I wanted yeah. to know. Yeah, like, of- did it feel like she was kissing nothing at all? Of all the just, scenes like, where we don't get vivid description on the generic action that they're doing that's the one they decide to skip (laughs) well yeah at this point in the movie they've sort of given up on hearing thoughts and i don't know if that's uh is that so like it in the beginning it starts with just nicholas cage listening to everybody's thoughts now they've sort of given up on it is it because he's already starting to turn human because he's falling in love with her and having emotions i don't think it's a process of turning human so but I like obviously more of a, he's not like audience. fully obviously he's not like the pure angel he was at the beginning of the movie at this point because he's experiencing love, which they briefly he briefly mentioned with Cassiel, like they can't really feel. It, so it just like, feels like it's more for the audience, because if you keep showing what everyone's thinking, you can't have as much drama. If you have Meg Ryan's thoughts just exposed to you. Um, there's not that sort of internal conflict. You don't know what's necessarily going on. And she hasn't got to run away to talk about it with someone else. And I wonder also, just like the shorthand for an audience at that specific time of casting Meg Ryan, who was like next to Julia Roberts, like the number one, you know, romantic comedy lead. Exactly. So like you kind of just take on faith that your lead character would fall in love with her. So I wonder if that is also doing a bit of the heavy lifting because I agree in terms of like Seth's journey towards taking the leap, if they're saying they can't feel love, what is he feeling? Exactly. Like, what well, is so like I said, like him it, through is this? that like is is the fact that they've he's we he stops hearing people's voices at least from the audience perspective? Is that like on purpose that he is stopping hearing everybody's thoughts because he's he's already sort of emotionally falling from grace? He just mm-hmm. hasn't made, taken the like physical plunge. Or is it just, like, curiosity for him? Like, to have someone who he feels saw him, like, there's a connection there and an intrigue that he can't, like, back away from. But he doesn't... I don't I don't think he understands, like, actually love. 
Yeah, well, and then like like we do get from a from from Des Friends here uh, in in like a minute that like he 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 says like Seth has no idea what he's about to do. There's no way he could know. Like he doesn't he can't understand what he's giving up, and he can't understand what he's gonna gain. So it's just yeah. sort of he's just he's I guess he's just oh he's take oh god he's taking the leap leap of faith. Ugh. <laughs> Well, it's like if this guy's been wandering around for thousands of years in kind of this set state and suddenly he's experiencing things that he's never really experienced or had people look at him, I I can kind of buy that it's kind of like opening up a world for him that he's drawn towards. Yeah. It does feel quite like the the big step, though. Like, I I don't... It's maybe a criticism that's in my notes about this film. I'm not sure they necessarily earn the fact that he gives up his entire being... Yeah, for Meg. yeah. He he gives up everything. Like, well, and that that's just it. They're trying to like do the whole thing where it's like, no, it's worth it. Like, because you know, we don't know what he gave up, but it mustn't have been much if he couldn't feel and touch and love and blah blah blah. But it's like, I don't know. Maybe 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 it was a, it was a shit to him. He was an angel, obviously he was content with it for thousands and thousands of years. So also, so the thing with like the angels, like but, from yeah. a biblical sense, is the ang- angels don't have free will; they just do what God tells them. They're they're just happy little peons. They do what they're told. They don't make their own decisions. Mm. They don't feel any emotions. They're not human. All of those those things, the like making a decisions, free will, uh, feeling things, touching things that's in, that is just reserved for humans. But some angels, like when they're gonna fall, start feeling resentful of humans but that's sort of like the beginning of like them turning but then when they fall they become a demon so in the second the third act of this movie nick cage is a demon right i mean if you go with that <laughs> like yeah would watch uh-huh. oh, yeah. oh I, I feel like we did watch it i mean it, it, it yeah. was just like day one of him being a demon like oh this is pretty fucking sweet <laughs> yeah i mean what's the first thing he does carnal sin uh i mean <laughs> we'll get there i, I this movie doesn't seem particularly interested in examining the theology of what's going on. Which is weird it, when your main character is a, is a biblical figure. Yeah, I think Wings of Desire goes far deeper into that. So uh, if you're interested in those elements, watch, I guess, the, the Wim Wenders film. There you go. <laughs> uh, so what happens from here? Um, yeah, I guess that night, like, uh, he takes her to... Uh, uh, Meg Ryan takes him... Uh, takes Nick Cage to her place and they're like preparing dinner and he like this is the thing where he like he doesn't know how to cut a head of lettuce so he ends up like cutting his thumb <laughs> but then it like you know is he just like grows back and she's like wait what the fuck was that did you hold on and then she like tries giving him like the fucking stigmata on his hands and I'm like girl what the, what if he was human uh, but, <laughs> right? but but basically she's like oh my god I I I cut you what wait what is your last name and this is where we got a uh, plate Seth Plate. <laughs> what is it that you're not telling me? You need to talk to me right now. And then she starts slapping the shit out of him. Right. <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine. Uh, I'm an angel and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I know I'm in love with you. Get out. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you don't know anything. And then, uh, so yeah, Nick Cage leaves. And then we get a whole montage of in the arms of the magic right i was weeping right as she's like doing surgery and uh 
like I think Nick Cage was smoking or something. <laughs> this I don't know. This song felt particularly like just wedged into me. This this song I mean, see, like may, maybe it's as a, it's just because it's been so like tied up with other emotional things in the 25 30 years since this movie was made but I was like we haven't earned this song yet. Right. I mean as a Canadian I must always support Sarah McLachlan I suppose. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Something you just sign off on when you're born here. Um but I do remember um working in a grocery store and they would play this song on a loop. Uh, in the late '90s, and um, boy, did it get old! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the song you want to hear when you're having like a slow work day. You're just like, "Oh my god, something more up tempo, please!" <laughs> well, that's that's how we first met. To be fair, like I was at the library looking at a computer, just marveling at the technology, and Cam walked up behind me and started singing that in my ear, and then touched my hand and mm. said, "What do I feel?" It was, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a very special moment. And then Cam was like. I want to see you. And then you slipped into bed behind him and, you know, stay till I fall asleep. And then we read Ernest and Hemingway just, and went to bed. Yeah. And then Scott just kept trying to stab me in the hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, while we were watching this, Steve was like, play the stalker song, you coward. Yeah, that's right. The real Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> Which, if you guys haven't heard it, Sarah McLaughlin's song, Possession, is all excerpts from letters written to her by stalkers. Wow. I need to check that it out. Is, I'm not familiar with that it one. It is a I, maybe gorgeous I do know it, song. Yeah. It is kind yeah. of scary. If you ever watch Due South, it's <laughs> the main song from uh, Victoria's Secret. The the episodes where he gets shot. Spoiler alert. Okay. Huh. Cam, sends me, South, uh, I pre- Cam sends me a lot of letters. I appreciate the Due South. Oh, Cam. You send me a lot of letters. And uh, to be fair, I, I'm feeling why I know what that song sounds like, judging from the content of those letters. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, you've you've seen Due South, right? You're a Canadian. I've seen the opening credits. <gasps> Wait, Cam, what do you know about Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future? I think he's too young. Captain Power? Oh, oh no, Captain Power, I know for Fuck sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, See, he, we're yeah. like the same age because he was talking about oh, being okay. seventeen when this movie came out. And that's why okay. I passed him by because he. Didn't care. What was the name of the flying bird dude? Sauron or something? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the Sauron. Sauron, I thought was the most awesome thing ever. Yeah, we've been doing a uh, watch party for the last couple of months, like every other Saturday, watching a couple episodes a night. Yeah. And we're about to wrap that yeah. up, actually, uh, on Saturday with the finale. Oh my god, the finale. I can't Steve, wait to share it. what did your wife recently get you as a gift? Lord Dread and Tank. The action figures? Oh. Yeah. Which are, like, damn near impossible to find. <laughs> That's why there's eBay. <laughs> was was Tank the Sven Oli Thorson? Sven Oli Thorson, our first yes! interview. Yep. Steve's hero. Nice. Steve's hero. I mean, yeah. World's strongest man, 1983. Could yeah. Do, could do worse. Oh, oh, and then just opened a chain of gyms all across Europe and then moved to Barcelona to retire. Yeah. He was smoking a cigarette and petting his dog while talking on the phone with us. Wow. He was uh, he was with Grace Jones for a long time too. Was he? Oh, yeah. Steve! Oh, I know Dolph Lundgren was, but yeah, I don't know Sven was. Oh, that does good, make sense. Good for you. Yeah, she so, has yeah, a type. It checks out. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so we get the whole scene where yeah, I, I guess Meg Ryan's missing Seth and tells her to get in bed with him and stay till I fall asleep. And I assume she just fapped away until she went to sleep and woke up the next morning. I mean, she 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 was like. You know, shimming a little bit in bed as Seth was like trying to be all like quiet behind her, and then uh, 
cut to morning and she's like, thank you. And then she's off on her bike. Dee, 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 dee. It seems like this is where she's going to get killed. Yep, yep, here it comes. It's coming. Um, instead, she's like, wait, that, that dumpster baby can't sleep, right? Maybe if we did this, it, it would drop uh, up better. I don't know. He can't breathe. So he can't sleep because he can't breathe. And then do they do like heart surgery on it or something? I think they just like, I think it was like his abnoids or his like tonsils or something. Okay, well... Anyway, the baby's better now, and so, uh, I don't know, Jordan starts staring creepily, he's like, hey, this, 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 this is Meg Ryan, I guess, and then, uh, and then, yeah, he just proposes, and it's like, hey, let's go get married in Tahoe, and I'm like, wait, what? Slow down, buddy. I mean, it's a great idea, I mean, we got married in Tahoe, and, you know, I enjoyed it. Oh, wow. That's a, this is a perfect anniversary (laughs) for you guys, then. Yeah, when that came up, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, it's our 350th episode, our 6th anniversary. <laughs> yeah. They get married at Tahoe. It's they a Nick should. Cage movie. By the way, I do recommend, if you guys want to get married at Tahoe, go to Sand Harbor. You're yep. only allowed to, to invite 15 people. you got to get it cleared by the park service. Makes for a great, lovely, it's like one of the most gorgeous uh, bays on the whole whole damn place. Yeah, so when you guys decide to finally, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah like Tahoe, keep it in mind. Yeah, California, it's still legal. I keep asking Cam, he just keeps saying no. <laughs> it's true i'm like a, i'm an angel I, I can't i am not of this world he won't are, fall are you to earth for me dual citizenship honey <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah when the guys like promote uh jordan's proposing or whatever he's like you know i'm not good at matters of the heart well you know proverbially or whatever <laughs> like, uh, such a heart surgeon uh <laughs> um but then yeah she like talks with Dennis Franz and he's like, oh, we didn't tell you? He loves you. He's gonna, like, fall for you, you know, and become a human, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I did it a while back. Like, hey, hey, here's pictures of my wife and kids, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the, that, that's right. This is where we get the, like, he has no idea what he's doing, and there's no way he could. He Like, he's just, but he's gonna give up everything, all of God's grace, just to be with you. Yep. What are you gonna fucking do about it? <laughs> like, Dennis Franz, kills this scene like yeah. he is just like next level i i really oh, yeah. honestly i would have happily watched a whole movie just about him right yeah. i want to see his fall from uh his, his fall from grace and in the arms of his love oh babe you didn't know about the prequel for this movie what? called the crow city of angels oh jesus christ oh nice <laughs> oh, <laughs> also had jesus. a great soundtrack check it out oh jesus christ <laughs> and he's dressed the same as the angels here yeah yeah just takes the the makeup off gained a few pounds because you know yeah. Well, maybe you get to taste all the food. Free will, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we cut to that night and at the library, uh, Meg Ryan's looking for Seth. Um, and he pops up um, and she's like, hey, so Jordan proposed, so I don't want to see you again, okay? Bye. Don't fall for me. And then, and then okay, we get uh, the scene where, like, Nicolas Cage is, like, uh, goes to, like, the top of the skyscraper and, like, gets to the edge. And I'm like... If Collective Souls, the world I know, is playing for this, I'm going to shit myself. Uh, instead, it's some weird African chant thing, and I assume it's because Collective Souls said no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get a super slow-mo fall. Roll credits, guys. What do we think of City <laughs> No, because we're no. going to get to our Nick Offerman cameo. That's, that's right. He wakes up like uh, the scaffolding bunch of construction workers like, hey, buddy, you doing okay? 
a hell of a night last night, huh? Yeah. Is this blood? Is it red? <laughs> oh man, this guy's really on a bender. Yeah, we see good old baby face Nick Offerman. Holy oh, shit. Oh, so baby face. <laughs> He's got to be, what, 17? <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, it's one of his, yeah, one of his earliest credits. I, I definitely had the moment where I paused the movie and jumped over to IMDb because it... Even though he's with a few other people, he immediately just jumps off the it's, screen. It's those eyes, man. Those right. eyes were, like, glowing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we see uh, Nick Cage just skipping down the street. He's Nick Cage now. He's not Seth anymore. He's Nick Cage. Yep. He, now he's he, Nick Cage. He said his name is Nick, and they looked around and, I don't know, saw a bird in a cage and was like, Cage, my name is Nick Cage. Uh, just <laughs> skipping down the street, and uh, there's, of course, no cars in Los Angeles in that scene. And then he chases down an ambulance to, I guess, find the way to the hospital. And, uh, yeah, this is where Nicolas Cage is in the movie because he's like, Hey, hey, guys, hey, have you seen Maggie? Maggie, Maggie, she works here, right? Where is she? Is she... <laughs> oh, yeah, like as a, uh, the NICU nurse comes out and he's like, Hey, Samantha, have you seen Nikki? Oh, she uh, And, and she she's looking at him Tahoe. like, I don't know who you are. Because <laughs> they've never met. Yeah. He's only watched her creepily. I've only listened to your thoughts and, you know, watched you that one time in the bathtub. Don't worry about it. That was another deleted scene. Uh, but yeah, she basically like, oh yeah, they went to Tahoe. What? Or, you know, Meg Ryan went to Tahoe. What? Oh no! And then, uh, yeah, we get a nice little uh, scene where he's like hitchhiking there by LAX. <laughs> And he gets jumped, and his shoes get taken, and it starts raining, and I'm like, okay, all right. Can anyone explain what the whole reason for him getting his shoes taken was? So so in the 90s, this was apparently a big thing where people, or I guess in uh, rough neighborhoods, your shoes were taken because like, if you're wearing Nikes, those are expensive shoes that nobody could afford and shoe stuff culture. back then. It, yeah. it, in some cultures it's considered disrespectful to take someone's shoes <laughs> yeah also also when nicholas cage fell did god provide the clothes yeah he nice got his angel uniform. wolverine boots and duster and yeah all that? Okay. look well, god I, shops at the outlet store I, I get like i get the the sort of the crime reason why they took his shoes because they tried to find his wallet and didn't have one so they just took what they could get i guess was the shoes i yeah. just mean like why have it why have his shoes taken off? Is this some sort of biblical because reference? Because that was definitely that was a Los Angeles in the nineties thing. Yeah, yeah. That was a, and, that's a that's and, a very like cultural thing of that time period in that location. And also, it takes you a little longer to track down police and you know run to the nearest department yeah. and all that. And it but, makes him yeah. him more pathetic. Yeah, yeah, like more vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely a movie thing too. But <laughs> it was bizarre to have like a car with four dudes jump out and take his shoes. I was like, what? <laughs> Like, that seemed a little extreme. Yeah, especially when, uh, based on the location they were there by LAX, I know it's nothing but strip clubs. So they're just coming out of a strip club. Yeah, and they're like, just like, let's jump hey, check out this guy. Hey, is that that guy from Trapped in Paradise? Let's get him! You know. <laughs> well, in the UK, the same thing happens. Well, it did in the 90s, but they were always taking people's monocles. It's very disrespectful. Oh. oh, very disrespectful. How am I supposed to read the upper crust papers? Mm-hmm. I had to go home and eat my crumpets without being able to see them properly. And they always said, yoink, right when they took it. <laughs> oi, oi, governor, what a nice monocle you've got there. You just need me monocle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but luckily, uh, I don't know, a, a trucker shows up and uh, <laughs> uh, like, hey, I'm going to Reno. I'm going to Tahoe. Well, well I'm going to Reno. 
I'm going to Tahoe. Do you guys know that Reno and Tahoe are like 15 minutes apart from one another? I was going to ask the geographical yeah, okay, thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah, so is, is one on the way to the other? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. very Re- California Reno, regional humor yeah, with that well, one. Yeah. But, so here's the thing. Um, Reno, from the direction they're heading... Is wait, further, yeah. Is further, yeah. Yeah, because so they're going gonna from get LA north, yeah. yeah. Drop they're off just, in Reno and I guess take a 15-minute bus out They're 15 Tahoe. minutes from each other, but they're across one of the high, like the most difficult peaks to get across, even in the modern day. <laughs> yeah, the- but like, okay, so like I'm Canadian, so I wouldn't necessarily pick up on that. Yeah. But Seth has been around thousands of years. Wouldn't he have figured out the geography? What Not if he-, he was just hanging out there in L.A. Uh, yeah, I don't know. For a thousand plus years, yeah, like, but, he, but he doesn't. Like- he doesn't know the modern names. He's like, oh, is never... it, oh, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> heading to that place where all the, where a little... Where the Winnemucca tribe were 150 yeah. years ago. Oh, right. isn't the, uh, I think I gotta go to that place where the Donner Party ate each other? Oh, yeah. That was oh, he was weekend. there for that, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> Wait, is that where she went? Oh my god, that's why I need to get there today. Yeah. <laughs> crazy shit. I just thought he would have picked that up on the old Angel Internet in the library over the last chunk of time. It just seems like, I don't know. Yeah. Wouldn't he? Like, that's thousands and thousands of years to learn everything. But There'd be lots of stuff you wouldn't know, but I feel like geography would be something you'd probably but, figure but Cam, out. But Cam, MapQuest was brand new in 1998. Right? Oh, you got me there. You got me there. <laughs> By the way, uh, so so we heard earlier that, like, Meg Ryan, like, her dad has a place there at the Nevada side of Tahoe or whatever. Yeah. Uh, apparently he owns Thunderbird fucking Lodge because it's like a goddamn hotel that they're staying in. Steve's actually stayed at this place. Oh, yeah. I, I, I lived there for a little over a year uh, about a decade ago. But it's like... Holy shit, this cabin is huge and it has like mm-hmm. I don't know, a shower as, as as big as our living room and <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the Meg Ryan character is like an operating room doctor. So like she's, a she's bringing home a good surgeon. Yeah, she's bringing home a good um paycheck. But I'm wondering like we didn't get a lot of backstory, but I almost wondered with this character she comes from like a family of doctors yeah, maybe. or something like, yeah. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, she. Yeah. I mean, they didn't go into like how she's ever like struggled, so I I got the the feeling that she came from from a better family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, basically she's just laying down by the fire, and uh, Nicholas Cage pops up like, huh, "What? What are you doing here? Like, wh- where's Jordan? Am I too late?" <laughs> and she's like, "I, I couldn't do it, cause I'm in love with you." <gasps> and they kiss. And then, okay, the, the scene that happens from here, I'm just like, oh, God, he is going to prematurely ejaculate within five oh, seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, what, what's happening? What's happening to my peen? Oh. <laughs> Wait, what is this? This wasn't here earlier. <laughs> Apparently, I don't want the world to see me. I don't want the world to see me. Okay, what would happen if you guys woke up at the age you guys are now and you'd never had a penis and suddenly you have a penis? Well, I I think if I'm being serious for a second, uh, because one should be when talking about genitalia. um, I, I, as an angel, I would have been watching people for thousands of years jacking off. That's true. Mm. So like, I've kind of seen it. Like, I, I've seen the when you cry afterwards. I've seen the ones where, like, you just sort of... <laughs> Why am I dripping with goo? Uh, yeah, uh, I've, I've seen the ones where, like, you answer the door and then it ends up in a girl's hair. I've seen all of these occasions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe it wouldn't be the first thing I do. 
Yeah. Yeah. First thing you do is like, all right, all right, this is, I'm going to go really quick. So I'll triple down on some foreplay. Um, and then, <laughs> then when they finally get to it, Meg Ryan's like, tell me, tell me how it feels. And <laughs> warm, uh, sticky. Oh, God. <laughs> Pain, pain. Oh, oh, don't look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. Hey, what have I done? <laughs> and then, Game over, man. Uh, Game uh, over. Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the movie took a turn. I don't want the world to see me. <laughs> turn out the lights. <laughs> yeah. So then... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we had a whole love scene where we're like, oh, see, we're we're made to fit together. Ah, and then cut to morning, thank God, because it's going to get a little weird there. Um, and then, yeah, they're just like, you know, looking at the lake from like her porch and like wearing a blanket or sharing a blanket or whatever. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, Mr. and Mrs. Plate just sitting here <laughs> enjoying the view. <laughs> uh, I laughed at that one. Yeah. Um, and then we get uh, Nicolas Cage taking his first shower, and uh, guys, we see a little peen, just a little bit. Just yeah, a little, we get a little bit of view of Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I am curious in the 90s if this was something like audiences were looking for, was scantily clad Nick Cage, or in this case, not at all clad Nick scantily Cage. Scantily clad like, anybody. Was he, like, was <laughs> Nick Skin, Cage, guys, like... Mr. Skin, Mr. Skin. Was Nick Cage, like... A sex symbol to people. I, I, and I think and of, I, like lots of stars at the time who were, you know, like say if Brad Pitt had played this role, which is very similar in a way to Meet Joe Black. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like I think people would have been really amped. I don't know that like Nick Cage had that sort of uh, like if that was his drawing. Uh, power. Cam, I don't know if you remember, this was after The Rock, Con Air, Face yeah. Off, and then this. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So yeah, yeah, he's definitely a sex symbol. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we get a nice little scene where, like, after a shower, like, he's still steaming, and I'm just like, Izzy pointed out, like, oh my god, he's going Ghost Rider. <laughs> like, yes! Yeah. This is an origin story! And, anyway. to be fair, we've all played the Steam Man game, right? You get out of the hot shower, and you're like, hee hee, look at all the steam. <laughs> or the hot tub. Is that a game? You, I don't know. But it's like a thing, right? <laughs> what are the rules of this game? <laughs> uh, make as much steam as possible before you get cold. See, see if you can make cool things out of the and steam. I don't know. I know for a fact I'm not the only person who's been steam man. <laughs> guys, guys, guys! I think she might be the only one who's done yes. it. No, because steam... guys, hit us up on Twitter, D I L F Movies, if you played Steam Man, babe. Do you not? Well, maybe you don't remember. We had a lot to drink when we were in Sonoma. Oh, oh no, we yeah, I remember doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Little, little drinky food. You know, uh, Steve abused, I'm going to say abused because absolutely abused his uh, his um, business cards that make his job look a lot fancier than it is. And we got a shit ton of free wine and a discounted stay in wine country. And we may have been drinking all day and then drinking wine in a hot tub, which is not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> mm, don't know it why. was worth it. It's the best way to hot tub. I only broke two glasses. <laughs> Not in the hot tub. In the hotel room. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, yeah. So, the, yeah, it's the next morning. And uh, Meg Ryan decides, hey, I'm going to go to the store. And uh, she rides her bike out there. And her arms just 
splayed out, not even looking where the fuck she's going. And I'm like, right on a two lane road with no shoulder. And then I'm like, well, okay, she's so she's gonna go off a cliff and die, right? Because there's no lumber trucks in fucking Tahoe because that industry died over fifty years ago. Steve literally was saying, there's no lumber trucks in Tahoe. <laughs> As Cut a to truck. a lumber truck pulling out, and I wrote down, get the fuck out of here. Um, and then, yeah, I guess Cage kind of senses her stupidity and, like, goes running to her. And, uh, you know, we see a we see a single solitary pair on the ground. <gasps> oh, no, it's been bruised. Uh, but, yeah, Meg Ryan's on the ground, too. She's alive, ah. and she's talking, and she's scared. And she says, I screwed up. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean, fucking dumb. The, the death scene. I don't know how I feel about the twist. Um, I guess it's kind of an appropriate note to you know go out with for the movie. But like, if you're gonna show me someone in happy, having an accident like this, when she's like on that bike, arcing her back, like yeah. head back, arms in the air, I'm like, what is this it's... woman? I was making notes like reckless biking. Like, what is going on? And then it was like, oh. oh, oh. Oh. I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was a trailer slash music video moment that they were putting in. Mm. But if they actors do that like for a second and then go back like riding the bike and then, you know, maybe get distracted when she sees like, I don't know, a family off to the side, like a little baby or whatever. And she's like, oh, look at that. And then turns back to the lumber truck. I understand it more. But when she's just like full, like I assume for like a mile, just, oh, look, I'm not even holding the bars and just and staring up at the, the sun. to yeah. see me. Because I make terrible mistakes. <laughs> well, it's like, if you tell me, like, this woman has had this powerful, you know, spiritual, romantic connection, I can believe, like, she might, like, you know, have, like, a moment of just, like, her mind kind of wandering off for a second. Yeah. Like, I think there's a subtle way to do this that still is, you know, paying off, like, the experience she's having. But this is, like... A level of camp that yeah. was a little unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam, I will say, you're the one with the Nicolas Cage shrine in your house. So, And there's been many moments in the podcast that we've edited out where you've just wandered, like, just aimlessly staring off into the distance. And I assume you're thinking True. about Nicolas Cage. But he didn't get on a bike because he yeah. knows better. Uh, he that's right. He has to do it safely right. in his own home with yeah. angels watching. Yeah, it's like it's like doing shrooms. You don't do shrooms and then get on a, a dirt bike and go do wheelies in the parking lot. You do shrooms in a safe spot, a soft meadow. Hold <laughs> on, I'm taking notes. <laughs> not that I've ever done shrooms. I like not to disrespect anybody who's done shrooms, but as the person who's had to go and pick up the people doing shrooms, <laughs> yeah. I remember the the last phone call I got on that was like. So, like, we were, like, having this conversation with, like, raccoons, and then real raccoons appeared, and we might need to go to the hospital. Can you come get us? <laughs> Guess who it was? Wow. Yep. <laughs> A full life, you leave, babe. It was Sid. Well, Shout out of to course Sid. it was Sid. <laughs> <laughs> there was a reason I didn't ask who. I knew it was Sid. Uh, so, yeah, and this... Uh, quote-unquote teary scene uh you know meg ryan's like i don't know lying on the ground paralyzed or whatever and then she's like wait there's more angels like you he's like no don't look at him don't look at him and i expect him to like go full like wicker man like get away from her you bitches how did it get burned how did it get burned (laughs) and and i was waiting for (laughs) for her to be like why why are they laughing is is it because it's ironic that you fell for like a day (laughs) and then died (laughs) (laughs) leave that part out they always leave that part out of the movies i don't understand why uh so then 
Oh, especially like in a spy movie when it's like plow, 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 you know, whatever it is. It worked out so well. Yeah, not enough death shitting in movies. Yeah, especially the Bond series. <laughs> I mean, No Time to Die. I mean, that's what would have happened had those uh, missiles not all gone off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no time to care for that fucking movie. Oh, wow. That's cold, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Look, if they didn't have time to release it on time, I don't have time to care. <laughs> so, yeah, so then Nicolas Cage uh, picks up Meg Ryan's corpse for a bit and cries. And we cut to the funeral. And then he goes to a market and gets a whole variety of pears. Mm-hmm. And Which, <laughs> and I'm like, I... pears are not even a fruit worth dying over. I mean... Look. I grew up in California, like, in the middle of the fruit bowl. There are so many better fruits. Like, honestly, you should die for a Fuyu persimmon. You should not die for a fucking pear. Yeah. The world's best pear is a six. <laughs> and this is where I, 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 I wrote down, like, well, you know, Nick Cage, there's plenty of pears in the market, just like there's plenty of fish in the sea. You'll, you'll be all right. <laughs> Gentlemen, what are your views on pears? I cannot stand them. <gasps> yeah, I don't like them either. Yeah, yeah, not uh, worth dying over, not worth killing Meg Ryan over. I like Asian pears, but I mean, it's that's... not the yeah, thing Asian I want to do before good. I walk into the ocean for the final time. But a- but <laughs> no. but Steve, on your fruit scale, are Asian no. pears the best fruit? No, no. What's I... your best fruit? <laughs> Actually, don't know. I don't know. Apples, dates. Like you do really like apples. Ooh, you yeah, do love dates. All kinds of shit. Yeah. Bananas rock. Let's all face it. I like bananas. I liked bananas um, before I realized I was allergic to them now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> raspberries. I really like raspberries. Ooh, fresh raspberries are really good. Yeah, strawberries are all right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, dates and apples, I think, are I like persimmons. I like persimmons pretty good. I do really like the, Granny- the cloud berries, like the lychees and the mangosteens. All right. I like Granny Smith apples. Blackberries. Those are good. Blackberries yeah. are good. All right, so I'm Welcome getting... You like talk. the... You like the tart, the tart fruits. What do you like to eat, people? Let us know. Could you eat a peach for <laughs> hours? Yeah, peach, baby. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so Anna Cage goes see uh, Cassiel, and then oh, and he does the line like, "I can't see you, but you need to leave." And Cassiel's like, "No, you oh, can see me now." That's right. They see him like in Meg Ryan's apartment, and I'm like, "Wait." Did they marry when they were in Tahoe for a couple of hours? Because he's, like, living in her house. Yeah, and... yeah. All right, so here, here's where we get to, like... So he's just living in her house and, like, all of this. Yeah, did they get married? Did he just, like, immediately inherit it? Like, also... Just wait, you... in, wait until the bills roll up and he doesn't have a job? Do you also, like, get... Like, I don't think you get ever somebody's stuff if you immediately marry them and then they die, like, yeah. within 24 hours. Oh, God, hours. he's a like, Black Widow situation. I seem to remember it's, like, like when we got married, it was something like, oh, you can't get on anything for, like, six months or something. Wow. They definitely did not get married. Um, yeah. and this is not long enough to be a common law, so I would say Nick Cage is just squatting in her apartment. He's he's assumed um, her identity. He's going to turn up to the hospital the next day to perform surgery. Blonde wig, yeah. yeah. Hello, yeah. I'm Dr. Maggie Rice. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Ma- Maggie Rice Plate. <laughs> rice Plate. <laughs> oh, oh, God, God. He, he's dressed rice in drag oh. or whatever. Rice Plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get that before. <laughs> It's gonna be great. He's gonna dress up as like put on like a blonde yes. curly wig. And, like, oh yeah, this is my uh, husband Seth. Oh, sorry, he couldn't make it tonight. Wait, oh. has Nick Cage ever been in drag? 
<laughs> oh no, we're um, gonna go down a dark hole now. Uh, but uh, let's see. Um, and, oh yeah, and Cassiel's like, "Hey, if you do this, what's gonna happen? Would you do it?" And Nick Cage is like, "Even if just for one kiss, and like you know, busting three nuts on her like I did last night." Yes, I. And I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> he, he he's a lot more sweet than that, but yeah, you know, subtext, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, so that night he ends up eating a pear for hours, um, and then the next sunrise he uh, goes down, meets like with the angels there, runs into the water, and the angels turn and smile, happy, 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 for dawn, roll credits, guys. That's the end of City of Angels. And I don't want the world to serve <laughs> uh, Cam, Scott, what, what do you guys think? Do you want to go first, Scott? Sure. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this film. Much as we make jokes about the, you know, there's so many red flags and he's basically just a stalker and without all these magical powers. There's a kind of nice, like, emotional core of this film and I like the, it brushes... Yeah, yeah, you know, with the theological questions. I think I would actually like to see the original German version more, um, because I think that side for me is more fascinating, like the human experience overall. Um, yeah, so I think I I enjoyed what I saw. I got a lot from uh, both performances. Cage was great. I think the, the whole not blinking thing it was quite creepy, and it made him look alien, which I think was the success. Obviously, there's some pacing issues, I think, and. Uh, you, you know, you kind of question why he does any of the things he chooses to do. But, you know, you, you understand why both Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan were in high demand in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's a movie that, like, as I've said, it's not a great movie. It has it has issues throughout, which we've talked about and highlighted. But it's one where it's, like, so committed to what it wants to do that I have trouble disliking mm. it because I think the performances are strong. I think there's maybe some issues with the chemistry between the two, but I feel like individually I'm interested in what both of them are doing. And there's just like moments of like Nick Cage, you know, greeting people into whatever, you know, this version of the afterlife is that I found like kind of compelling. I found Dennis Franz, everything he would be contributing to this movie, really interesting and it had like a certain emotional connection just watch it that I really didn't ex- expect. I thought this movie could just be like a very morose two hours and kind of dreary. But like the thing I would almost say this is the most like to anyone who hasn't seen it but is more familiar with just movies of the modern era. It's almost doing like a a budget, a cast, like really well-made version of what like a Nicholas Sparks movie would do now. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. those feel kind of junky and you know they're kind of – you know, they have their audience and they know who that audience is. Whereas, like, this one feels like it's a major studio saying, we have this romantic drama we want to make. We want the best people we can get on it. Let's create this, like, you know, it, it made a lot of, you know, fair amount of money. And so it was definitely seen as something that uh, had promise just in the marketplace. And so for that, I just found it really interesting and rewarding. Um, I did not expect to have that experience. I honestly thought when I sat down to watch it, like, this could be really boring um, because I knew it was so, like quite self-serious. I'd gotten that vibe from the soundtrack, the trailers, all that sort of stuff. But I found myself more drawn in than I expected. Nice. How about you, Ben? Um, Definitely not Meg Ryan's most dysfunctional relationship on screen. I'm looking at you. You've got mail. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... 
Definitely not my least favorite Nicolas Cage movie. We've already covered that on this year podcast, I believe, where it's about to come out. Yep, he missed an Andrew. Oh, fuck that movie so hard. And it's not Nicolas Cage's fault. But um, I, I am a shallow human who does not like overly emotional films, so this film is not for me. That being said, I see why people are super into it. I also judge the fuck out of anybody who this is their favorite movie. <laughs> See? it's like dirty dancing <laughs> like, yeah, you judge yeah. dirty dancing is your movie. favorite yeah. fucking movie either you haven't seen it in 40 I, years i don't care or... how good the soundtrack is <laughs> yeah hey if it's your favorite soundtrack dracula 2000 is my favorite soundtrack that movie is a piece of shit i fully acknowledge that doesn't mean i hate it did you know Gerard butler is dracula let's do it did you know the teens really got on board with this movie and it won the teen choice award for best soundtrack yeah, I was a teen when this came out, and I think that's part of my, like, ugh to the soundtrack, because there were a lot of times, like, somebody would, like, put it on and then be like, this is, like, my soul! And it's like, good, go, go die, go kill yourself somewhere. I'm I, over this. I was surprised, like, because Armageddon came out this same year, and I was a little oh, surprised yeah. the teen's gave it to this over armageddon which had like that aerosmith song that was played endlessly but, but it was the one song yeah Armage- armageddon had the one song it too. and also was much more of a like father-daughter movie it had the than, leaving like, a on a jet plane movie. the leaving on the jet plane moment was pretty iconic well but it's yeah but their, par- their parents listen to don john denver they know this song they're not yeah. into it okay fair enough <laughs> shit on your point cam yeah no, no kidding <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'll quietly hide my Armageddon soundtrack now. <laughs> oh no, they all owned to it. It's just that, like, which one are you nominating? Which one? Which one are you playing for that girl who means everything? Leaving on a which jet plane. Has, which one has the former Nickelodeon star on the soundtrack? Looking at you, Alanis. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know Kurt Russell was on the soundtrack. <laughs> oh no, he's a Disney. He's Disney, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Oh, when we come back, <gasps> we have more beer, what? fun facts, <gasps> and what we learned from City of Angels. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, are you looking for the perfect stocking stuffer for the holidays? Do you like supporting the arts? Well then you need to check out untidyvenus.etsy.com, the top one-stop shop that always pops her top. Are you a fan of dinosaurs, snacks, dinosaurs made out of snacks, movie monsters, unicorns, cats, dogs, rats, shrimp, Pokemon, tie-dye, paracord bracelets, paracord dog leashes, enamel pins, coloring books, block prints, watercolor, pet portraits? Buttons, magnets, stickers, bottle openers, artist trading cards, or really anything else that's awesome? Then stop on by untidyvenus.etsy.com. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. .etsy.com. New items are popping up all the time, so be sure to follow her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon at untidyvenus. Or visit her website at izzycreates.com for the latest. Did I mention the Snackosaurs? How about Gary the Unicorns? Untidyvenus.etsy.com. The goddess who's bad at housekeeping. Check it out now. Hey, I heard you like movies. 
I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you could think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes, the Google Play, yes, Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say. Ah. Yeah, all that good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. <laughs> don't, don't run the listeners away, PJ. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. Hi, this is Dana Gould, and you're listening to everything I learned from movies on your radio, phone, computer, television, or record player. And we're back. Oh my god, Steve, those are the greatest ads that have ever added in the history of adding. Oh, she said it. They were better than the soundtrack. What? <laughs> Impossible. Uh. No. Oh, did you listen to those ads? <laughs> oh yeah, they were pretty good ads. Okay, you might have a point there. <laughs> uh, babe, uh, we're going to skip their, our second beer uh, <gasps> to help these guys out with time. But okay. would you be interested in any fun facts? Only if they're fun facts, super fun facts, because they're fun, fun facts. You're in luck. I think they are. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think the critics thought of City of Angels? Are we talking a percentage score or are we talking... Per- yeah, percentage. Percentage. Yeah, yeah zero to Let's 100. Let's go for... I feel 65 would be appropriate. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say in the 50s. Yizzy? Um, oh, this is a tough one. I don't know if the critics got this movie, because either it's going to be like 90 or it's going to be like 17. So I'm going to go with my super generous 17. Uh, Cam is closest. It was 58% with the critics. Okay. But nobody gives a damn about the critics. What Fuck about that critics. audience score? Oh, shoot. Uh, if it's back to me, I don't think the... Uh, actually, I'll, I'll use the lyrics. I don't think that they'd understand. <laughs> um, when we come to the audience scores so I'm going to go lower I'm going to go 40% I find yeah when it comes to like Rotten Tomatoes uh, Tomatoes audience scores like that's a very specific audience that's grading these things and it tends to be very slanted so I'm going to say in the 40s Is he? Oh, I'm going the other way. I think the only people who bothered to log into Rotten Tomatoes to review this movie are people who were like, oh my god, this movie is my soul, and I am Meg Ryan, and I would give up everything for an HL. So it's 90%. Is he as close as it is 82% with Whoa. the audience? Oh, shit! I assumed it was specifically for that reason. Like, the only people that watched it and wanted to review it are like, oh yeah, we I love to... this movie, it's our soul. Like... 
you have to remember Rotten Tomatoes is the people who the audience score of people who log into Rotten Tomatoes to review it. So the only people logging in are the people who either fucking hated this movie and the people who just fucking loved it. That's why with Robin Hood, Ghosts of Sherwood, it went to 3% with the audience. It's still a little high. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that's way too high. <laughs> Has anyone here ever logged in to rate anything on Rotten Tomatoes? Nope. Nope. Me neither. I honestly don't even know if I know anybody who's ever logged into a Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> we don't hang out with trolls. <laughs> <laughs> See my review for worms. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see other fun facts uh johnny depp was originally cast as seth hmm. Ooh, that'd be even weirder yeah be weirder now but i think at the time it probably would have worked yeah I'll, i'm thinking like 98 johnny depp was that a uh, astronaut's wife era johnny yeah, depp that's super yeah. fucking weird oh you god killed my husband how that's right and then i fucked his wife god damn it how have we not done that movie yet <laughs> it's the greatest line in cinema <laughs> real fucking good line <laughs> so during the falling sequence near the end of the film uh seth's memories are shown one of them is of a pregnant woman this woman was portrayed by elizabeth shoe that's where it is in the fucking okay. slow-mo fall thing okay 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 uh oh though you only see her stomach what uh, they worked together, of course, on Leaving Las Vegas when Nicolas Cage won his Academy Award and Elizabeth Shue was, uh, shunned for hers. Uh, when Seth is smoking in a bar, the man smoking next to him is film director Michael Mann. Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, Manhunter and he, Miami Vice. He's a man. I wonder Miami why. Man. Like, I mean, Michael Mann's an interesting one because he's such, like, a L.A. noir director. Um, he loves shooting in L.A., but, like... The Elizabeth maybe Shue he was one. just at the bar. <laughs> maybe. Like the Elizabeth like Shue one, though. I'm like, I mean, they did do Leaving Las Vegas, but that was like two years earlier. Um, yeah. Huh. Very strange. She came by the set just to say hi, and they're like, hey, you want to put on a pregnancy belly and uh, be in a shot? <laughs> I guess and so. And she was like, yeah, why not? I don't know. Do I get a uh, credit? Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll give a scale. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we, we've reached the most important part. What did we learn from <gasps> City of Angels? Uh, Cam, would you like to go first? Well, as someone who's single, I learned that I should be putting on a trench coat, standing in doorways, and just staring into space a lot. So that's my main takeaway. That's how you're going to get Nicolas Cage, absolutely. Yeah, I need my Nicolas Cage. Some might say that you've been doing that the whole time, and that's what's been hurting you, Cam. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. Mm. But you know what? I may have to wait a thousand years, but Meg Ryan will come along eventually. There you go. Uh, Scott, how about you? Did you learn anything? I learned that the Goo Goo Dolls have an ungodly amount of hate, and I do not and shall not stand for it. I will defend Iris until the ends of the earth. And uh, yeah, other than that, it's actually nice to see Meg Ryan in a film that I don't mind her in. Yeah, it's it's refreshing. That's for <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys not in love with America's sweetheart? I'm British. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, but America's the most important part. So <laughs> so, so, who's Britain's sweetheart? Is it still Elizabeth Hurley? Oh, that's a very good question. It certainly was in the 90s. Now... It's the Queen, obviously. Oh, well, yeah. Besides the Queen, of course. No, she's not a sweetheart. She is the Queen. She has her own rank. Um, yeah. 
I would. Is it still, is it still Princess Die? It's, Emma Watson? Uh, no, Emma Watson's noughties, I would say. Maybe like Phoebe Waller Bridge. Okay. Um, yeah, or um, Florence Pugh. Uh, oh, that's Florence a good Pugh, one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Yes. Who's, who's America's sweetheart right now? Is it Zendaya? Uh, <laughs> I know you don't like Zendaya, but I'm like, well. I just, that sounds about right. Though. Yeah, I would say I, that's right. I want to like Zendaya. I want Zendaya to try a little harder because I know she's better than what she's been giving. She's pulling a ZZ uh, beats do, do we, of like, no, wait, I'm wait, wait, too wait. good for this. To, to be fair, you've only too seen bad. her in the Spider-Man movies and her cameo in Dune. Do we need to watch Euphoria? Apparently she's good in that. Apparently, yeah. But then again, it's about, about a bunch of teenagers having getting high and having sex. So, I mean, if it's for research, I guess I can watch it, right? <laughs> so this brings up the age-old question. <laughs> no. If if she's of age now, are you allowed to thap it to her when she's underage, knowing she's going to grow up to be hot? Well, everybody in that in that show is of age. They just look like they're 15, well, which is its own weird loophole. <laughs> but... <laughs> Anyway, I learned. Uh, <laughs> you skipped what your wife wife learned. <laughs> oh, what did you learn, babe? That Nick Cage doesn't want the world to see him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would understand. <laughs> oh, God, it just got cringier. <laughs> Go for it, Steve. <laughs> All right, well, I learned. Angel, you can only see an angel if they want you to. Mm-hmm. Which is really weird when you're thapping it and they're there watching you because you know they're there. Like... Dozens of them. Aren't they supposed to scream, be not afraid, before they appear? I feel like that's what happens every time in the Bible. <laughs> You're thapping, and all of a sudden they appear. Ignore me! Be not afraid! <laughs> I am merely a fly on the wall! <laughs> Nick Cage did not have nearly enough eyes to be a biblically correct angel. <laughs> uh, I also learned uh, apparently the lumber, <laughs> lumber industry is back in Tahoe. Yeah! At least it was in the 90s. I guess. Uh, yeah, that's about all I got. Uh, Cam, Scott, thank you so much for joining us here on Everything yeah! I Learned from Movies. Um, I understand you also have a podcast? Do we? That's do we? right. Do we? <laughs> Spy we do. what? A divine oh. one. A divine one, Scott. <laughs> the angels are watching us. Uh, yeah, we do have a podcast. Um, yeah, so we do the Spy Hearts podcast. Every week we tackle a new spy movie and try to figure out if it makes our patented knock list. And I always throw to Cam to introduce what that is. Yes, the knock list is our tortured acronym for need to see official classics. So we're looking at creating kind of the ultimate pantheon of spy movies. So obviously, you know, there's going to be some Bonds on there, some Bournes, maybe a Derek Flint movie or two. But like, we're looking broader than that. We are looking at every era starting from the 20s right up into the modern era. So anything is game. Every week we try to shake it up. And we also bring on, you know, directors, writers, actors to talk about their experiences making spy films. So we kind of cover the entire spectrum of it. Yeah, we've had like John Glenn on the show. We're about to uh, interview Mariam Darbo. So depending on when this episode drops, it may be live. Um, She's, of course, uh, Cara from The Living Daylight. So yeah, we've got Bond girls, we've got Bond actors, we've got Bond directors, and then some other stuff too. Yes, I listened to the recent one with Barbara Carrera. It was amazing. Guys, yeah, definitely yeah, check them yeah. out. Spy Hearts. Thank you. Yeah, Barbara was a, was terrific. She doesn't do interviews anymore. Um, so getting yeah. that was a, 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 you know, a real highlight for me, just mainly because I'm a Condor Man fan. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, and she was in Never See Never Again, but uh, Condor Man, let's let's focus on that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, babe, are you on social media at all? Nope, I can't be found. Wait, no, I can be found everywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. I'm on all the social medias at Untidy Venus. Check out my latest releases and whatnot on Facebook and Instagram. You can find my newest goods and wares for sale over at untidyvenus.etsy.com. And if you are so inclined, you can join my Patreon for $4 a month, no matter where you live in the world. I will send you a sticker handmade by me. Well, I guess not like handmade, but my original designs printed on waterproof UV resistant vinyl, uh, $4 a month over at Patreon. Join the sticker of the month club. Um, Steve? Yes. Where can we find you? Oh, well, you can find us on all the major podcatchers under Everything I Learned From Movies, or hit us up directly on Twitter, Facebook, and Patreon at E-I-L-F Movies. That's Everything, Everything I, I Learned From Movies. movies. Uh, so yeah, I guess until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And I'm Cam. And I'm Scott. And this is Everything, Everything I Learned From Movies. Have a good night, everybody. Don't.